and my voice echoes. Nobody else is <sighs> here yet. <sighs> you should not sneak up on people like that. I didn't. You were yelling and you couldn't hear me. Weren't we supposed to start at 7.30? Cause my watch says 7.29 and it's just you and me. Well, we've never started on time before. Why start now? <clears throat> Pastor Tim is not even here. That's weird. He's always the first one to show up and the last one to leave. He must be here somewhere. He left that table over there. What's on it? Well, looks like there's a note and all that stuff. Stuff? What stuff? Hey guys, party has arrived. I brought hot cocoa and snacks. Hey, where's Pastor Tim? We were just asking the same thing. How can we have a sunrise service if he's not here? Um, he's probably coming right back. Then we can do anything we want? That's amazing. Oh, hey, look, there's stuff up here. And a note. Nobody listens to me. <laughs> he probably gave us a couple Easter, po Easter poems like he always does, and the songs we're going to sing. Do we have to sing again this year? We're so bad. Speak for yourself. <laughs> and just like... And just like every year, Pastor Tim will give us a devotional, and then we'll all get to eat a delicious Easter Sunday morning amazing breakfast. I'm so looking forward to the waffles. There's nothing like that here, guys. It's just a note from Pastor Tim. Here, I'll read it. I'm going to be a little late, but I want you to start without me. This year's Easter sunrise service is going to be a little different. I've put some items on the table. I want you to think about what they have in common with each other and the Easter story and then use the paper to write some monologues for our sunrise service. See you soon.
Give me that. That's not what he said. Yes, it is. I'm not making it up. Read it. We're writing our own sunrise service? As in not writing poems? I don't like this. Guys, it's not a big deal. Not a big deal? Do you see what is he left us to do something with? A nice coil of rope, a large nail, and a ceramic chicken? Um, uh, that's a rooster. <laughs> What's the difference? Never mind. <laughs> so why a rooster? Well, roosters crow when the sun rises. Get it? Sunrise service? That makes sense to me. But he said it had something to do with the Easter story. <laughs> oh well, I got nothing. Easter eggs? Scrambled eggs? Roosters don't lay eggs! I have a bad feeling about this sunrise service. Wait a second. Hello? What are you guys doing down there? Jesse, we're saved! The creative one has arrived! What's going on? Get up here, quick. We have a crisis. You're not gonna believe this, Jesse. Pastor Tim has been working too hard lately, and he, well, he's not feeling too well. He isn't making a whole lot of sense. Pastor Tim? Wait, where is he? He's coming, Jesse. Jay is being overdramatic. And he left a job for you. All for you. Us. He left the job Left for you, Jesse. A very important task. We're supposed to be writing the Easter sunrise service. Ashley, you messed up the surprise. I was trying to break it to him gently. Write it? Really? That's brilliant. See? It's a good idea. All right then, quiz kid. The question of the day. What do these items have in common with each other and Easter? Uh, a rope, a rooster, and a nail. Well, I think this is meant to be for Peter. The chicken? Rooster. <laughs> oh, I see, when he denied Jesus. Uh-huh. Peter denied Jesus and the cock crowed right after he did it. Or that's what I think of anyway. But that's not Easter. Easter's the resurrection. It's all part of the same story, right? Easter started with a betrayal. What else would a rooster be for? <laughs> okay, that makes sense to me. Me too. Okay, so that's one down. We got two to go. What about the rope? That's harder. Did they use ropes in crucifixion? Uh, not that I know of. What about when they arrested Jesus? I, I don't think so. It's not obvious enough. I think there has to be a better connection than that. Okay, guys. I'm starting at the triumphal entry in Jerusalem. Think it through. Jesus enters Jerusalem on a donkey. Then he and the disciples meet in the upper room for Passover. They eat Passover. Judas leaves. They go to the garden, and the soldiers come with Judas and take Jesus. Then they take wait, Jesus... Wait, wait. I got it. It's Judas. Judas? But he hung himself, right? With the rope. That's the only thing that makes sense. All right, I agree with you. But how does that have anything to do with Easter? What do Peter and Judas have in common? Both were disciples. Well, Judas betrayed Jesus. Peter denied he knew him. Isn't that kind of the same thing? And it even happened on the same night. Yeah, they both betrayed Jesus. I have to wrap my mind around that. That's a brand new thought to me. Easter? began with betrayal. Okay, Jesse, start writing.
Peter, think of someone you respect. Someone who makes you sweat a little bit when they look at you, when look you in the eyes, Judas. You think that maybe they can see into your soul. And see the things you thought were hidden. Jesus always made me feel that way. Yes, Judas. Jesus always made me feel that way, too. But the difference was, he really did know. He knew I was just going through the motions just so that I could fit in. He knew I was doubting my choice of even being there with the other disciples. Sometimes, I felt like he didn't know. Like I was doing a good job at faking it. But then, Peter, he'd look right at me. And I felt as though my mind was a clear pool of water and he could see right to the bottom. He always knew what was in my heart. Tonight, knowing that he really knew me, 
made me angry. It always bothered me when I took a little extra money for myself or was thinking about doing it. But tonight, I was just tired of it. Tired of that sad look he would give me. I had made friends with the priest just in case. It was pretty clear that they were trying to look for a way to get rid of him. I figured I could make a little extra money. Tonight. Tonight he told me exactly what I was going to do. Even before I thought it. He said that someone would betray him. That he would be taken to die. And I, I tried to say that I would never let that happen. The sadness and the fire in his eyes made me wish I never opened my mouth. And then he told me that before the rooster crowed twice, before the rising of the sun, I would betray him. Me? Well, I was offended and angry. And I, I told him, I told Jesus that he was wrong. Peter, I didn't think I'd actually do it. Actually betray him. At heart, I'm just a coward, a pretender. People like me think about doing a lot of things and in the end, go on pretending to be something that they're not. But when he looked at me at supper, looked into my soul, he saw that backup plan and told me to do what I was going to do quickly. I have never been so angry in my life. I was almost blind with it. Before I knew what I'd done, my feet had taken me out the door, down the dark streets, and I was in the temple telling the priests where to find him. Yes, I betrayed him. I betrayed Jesus. And now they're going to kill him. And I can't, I can't live with that. There are just some sins that are unforgivable. I brought a rope <coughs> here to the vestry, and, well, I can't live with it anymore. I would never deny Jesus. I told Jesus he was wrong, but he wasn't. It happened so fast, so easily. Judas came, they took him, and all the light and the hope seemed to go out of the world. Where did I have to go except with him? So I followed, but I wasn't strong enough without him. Three times, three times, I was accused of being his disciple. And I was so scared and so ashamed in that moment that I denied that I had ever known him, denied the miracles of the three years, the messages of truth, the loving one that had walked among us. I denied him and I, I betrayed him. I was standing in a little alcove, hoping for a glimpse of what, I was, what was going on. When I saw them leading Jesus out of the temple, they passed and somewhere in someone's garden, I heard a rooster crow. And he raised his eyes just in time to meet mine. I wanted to die on the spot. He knew what I had done, just like he always did.
and Son of God was he. I denied Jesus when they took him off to Calvary. Though he told me what would be, I thought I knew more than he. What he said was true, and I denied my We all got that, but how does that fit in with Judas and Peter and Easter? Peter and Judas, both of them were his disciples. Both of them betrayed Jesus on the very same night, but only one of them is living in heaven with Jesus right now. What's the difference? Judas killed himself. But Peter wept. One man let his guilt overtake him. The other repented. Did Judas really ever believe that Jesus was God? If he had, then maybe he wouldn't have killed himself. He would have lived to see the resurrection. And maybe, maybe he didn't want to see it. Maybe he had pretended long enough. Jesus died for all mankind. He died to extend us love, to offer everyone forgiveness. We call that grace. Amen. 
boundless, extravagant grace, but Judas refused it. If you can walk with the Lord for three years and still do what Judas did, then I don't think seeing the resurrection would have changed anything. And Peter? Peter repented. Peter saw the empty tomb. And Peter saw the resurrected Lord. Peter accepted the grace freely given. The resurrection story is one of grace. Whether or not we accept it puts us in either category, Peter or of Judas. It's that simple. And that's what we learned from a nail, a rope, and a rooster. Pastor Tim? Yes, Jay? Why make us write our own program? Why do you want us to make it different this year? Well, Jay, if Peter were here, maybe he could say it best. For three days, I didn't eat. I didn't sleep. Dying was too good for me. Living was unbearable. When we heard about Judas, I had a moment when I thought that maybe, maybe he had it right. But Jesus had said three days. I held on to those threads of that memory. He had said he would rise again in three days. I have seen some beautiful things in my life. I have seen a sky full of stars. I've seen the morning sun on the temple. I've seen a storm stilled by his words. But nothing can compare to the beauty of a tomb, an empty tomb. And that day on the beach, when I saw him standing, standing there, I had to hurry to him. To meet him, to meet his gaze, and to see the forgiveness in his eyes. Forgiveness for me. Of all the things that I have ever seen, nothing is more beautiful than the grace of his forgiveness. We've heard about two men, Peter and Judas, two with very distinct endings. One we know how he ended with a life of ruin that he ends and takes his own, unable to bear the guilt and the laden of sin and the burden that he carries. Everybody carries a burden of guilt. You and I all have sinned. The Bible makes that very plain. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every person on the planet is a sinner. Every one of us is the reason Jesus ended up on a cross that day. It is our sins. The Bible says he's wounded for our transgressions. He's bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes were healed. The burden of sin was ours, but he gladly took it. The guilt is ours, but he's willing to take it. 
And the Bible says that he laid down his life a ransom for many. There's a payment that goes along with our sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. The consequences of our sin is the price of death and not death in this life. It's an eternal death. The Bible says death and hell are cast into a lake of fire. This is the second death. It's the place of eternal judgment from God. Because you've decided to betray what God has done to save your soul for all of eternity. On one hand, you have Judas who decides he is not going to wait three days and realize Jesus can rise. He's not going to wait for the punishment and the payment to be taken care of by someone else. He bears the burden alone without Jesus Christ and is condemned for all of eternity. But then there's Peter. And Peter denied the Lord. He is guilty. He bears the weight of that guilt, and you know it just from a look from Jesus Christ after that cock crew, and he knew it. And he goes out and he weeps bitterly that night, not sure if he'd get repentance, not sure if he could be forgiven, knowing his Lord would be crucified. And Peter waits. But you don't have to wait. The payment has been secured and three days later Jesus Christ arose from the grave and the Bible says that he was seen of above 500 brethren. He says that he was risen with many infallible proofs. There is no question, if you were to parade everybody into a court of law, Jesus Christ would be found alive today in a court of law. And he is seated at the right hand of the majesty on high. And his job right now, his goal right now is to make intercession for you and I to be our savior. The Bible says there's one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. And it's Jesus Christ alone who can mediate the cause between your sinfulness and God's holiness. And the Bible says, come, let us reason together, saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, you're guilty. They shall be white as snow, and though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. God is a wonderfully reasonable God. And he has reasoned it out. He has worked it out that he might be just and the justifier of him that believeth in Jesus. He makes it so that the sinner can have all of the forgiveness that they need if they are willing to trust that when Jesus Christ died, he died for their sins that day. And that he rose with power as the Son of God to give them eternal life. The price of our redemption is paid the day that Jesus cried, it is finished, and gave up the ghost. And the seal of our victory is the day he rolled a stone away and made sure you and I realized he's not in a grave any longer. It is the truth of the resurrection of Jesus Christ that we get to celebrate. A day that Jesus would lay down his life as the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world, and rose with power to prove that he was the Son of God who could forgive sins. But will you be Judas? And say, that's great news, but he can't help me. Or would you be willing to be Peter and say, I need a savior. I need God to do something for me because I can't get fixed without him. 
The guilt is too much. The weight is too much. The problem is too much. It's not good enough for me. I can't get out from underneath the weight. I'm not strong enough. I am not good enough. I am a sinner and I need a savior. And praise the Lord, Jesus Christ came to save sinners. Amen. And he'd be willing to save you today if you'd be willing to call upon him. In a moment, they're going to sing. I'm going to just move over to the side here. And I'm wondering if someone would be willing to say, I don't know that my sins are forgiven forever. And I certainly don't want to be Judas and have to pay for my sins forever. When Jesus Christ has gladly paid the debt of my sins. I'd like to trust Jesus Christ as my Savior. They're going to sing. You won't distract them one bit if you wanted to come forward and get my attention, and we'll have someone take a Bible. Not what I say, not what somebody else says. We'll take a Bible. We'll show you what God's Word says about how you can have your sins forgiven forever. It doesn't take long. It's very plain. The Scriptures are very plain. It's also very plain that God wants to save to the uttermost all that would call upon him. And if you'd be willing, God would be willing. There is nobody in this room, there's nobody on this planet that God wouldn't be willing to save if they would be willing to meet with him. They're going to sing. And I'll ask you to have some courage. And don't be the coward of Judas. He said it himself, I'm cowardly. I pray you'd have some courage. It takes some boldness to step out in front of people and say, I need a Savior. But I guarantee you the more majority of this room would be very glad to see someone come. Someone come and find Jesus Christ as their Savior. I'm going to ask the choir if they would go ahead.
We've had one come. It's not too late. It is not too late. If you need Jesus Christ as your Savior, don't leave here that way. That would be a shame to not know. The Bible makes it very clear. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. And that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. He says, I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. You can know you've gotten the gift of eternal life today. If you would be willing to reason with God. I'll be standing in the back. They're going to sing one more. I'll be standing in the back at the end of the service. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, would you come talk to me? Whether I talk to you, whether somebody else, get someone and say, hey, I don't know Jesus as my Savior. I don't know my sins are forgiven. We will gladly take the time. You won't keep anybody from lunchtime. You won't get, you won't, don't, in, don't feel like you'd be an inconvenience. There is zero inconvenience in that. Amen. It would be an honor and a privilege to be able to introduce you to my Savior. Amen. And today is the day of salvation. You can have it today. I'm going to let them sing after I have a word of prayer and you'll be dismissed. But please, I hope you enjoyed. I hope you enjoyed the service. I hope you remembered the great things. If you're saved in here, I hope you remembered the day Jesus gave his life and rose from the dead to make sure you had eternal life. Celebrate him today. He's a wonderful Savior. Father, I do pray you would bless the final, of the final song of the service. I pray that you would be with the young lady that's being spoken with now. But Father, I do pray if someone else here has never accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, they wouldn't leave that way. I pray they would trust the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. And that Jesus Christ we praise today. We love you. And Lord, we pray you would come back soon in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.